Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We now have a Patreon for fans of our show to help keep this going. Subscribers will become a part of the show in various ways, from providing questions to our guests, to getting a shout out on the show, to actually being on the show to chat with us. We'll even send you a mug. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking lion. We recorded this episode with our good friend Molly Moore. Though we grew up in the same area and our parents were friends, we didn't actually meet until we both moved to Los Angeles. Some context for this interview. We recorded this remotely over FaceTime following the release of Molly's single, Handsomer, featuring Maddie Noyes. Emitting an aura of exceptional creativity, Molly Moore palpably expresses her truth in everything she does. So, without further ado. I'm Molly Moore, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Well, well, hey. What's up? What's good? <laughs> it's good to see you in in the midst of this quarantine, Likewise. weird new world. We were old fans, and now we're new fans. You know, we're just uh, just been listening to your stuff a lot, and and it's it's just good to see you. I feel like oftentimes we would uh, run into each other like at shows or like at events and stuff, and now now we we all have to be cooped up a little bit. You totally. know, totally. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing amidst all this? It's been a wild time. It's been a really necessary period of uh a lot of self work and self-discovery and finishing things and dealing with things I wasn't dealing with um (laughs) yeah it's been quite necessary I really miss live music I don't miss going to bars that much (laughs) I miss people I miss drinking with people but I don't miss bars somehow like I feel like you know, but, uh, I would describe to people, I miss going to shows, but I don't miss going to shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a really reflective time for me and I'm excited for next year, what this will bring for all of the people that are going through. I feel like that transformation that happens naturally when you don't have the distractions that you're used to relying on, you know? Well, it'd be, it'd be hard, you know, to find anybody who is the same person they, they were at the beginning of this. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I was, you know, I was even just like reading journals from, you know, December and like, I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I feel like, again, just having to, to sort of look inward and like address a, a lot of stuff I, I've, I've made, I made peace with things I didn't expect to make peace with now. Yeah. I thought I had like a couple more couple more years to to kind of that to grapple with it. Yeah. You know, with all the distractions, but instead it's like, oh, okay. Same. Like this is what I need, <laughs> this is what I don't need, you know? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, it's pretty eye-opening. We say net net's positive. You think uh, overall uh, quarantine Molly is is, you know, a version upgrade? Oh, absolutely. I mean, every single person that met me like in the midst of my meltdown last year when I was just out every single night drunk, like <laughs> everyone's just like, oh my gosh, you're like transformed. And I feel that way, honestly. I slowed down a lot at the top of the year and really just sped up writing. Like I was just in the studio constantly for the first two months of the year. I, I really don't think I took like a day off. And then when quarantine hit, I was like, damn, I was about to start going out. Like, really? Right, right. <laughs> I was like, okay. But honestly, like, that wasn't what I needed to do with my time at all. I needed to sit down and finish all of the things that I'd started and decide what was worth finishing. And, um, and yeah, so that's like kind of what I've done. It's taken me a minute, but I've finished my album finally and I'm working on another one and making plans to release it. And I'm super excited about it. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. I want to, I want to dive into that, but I, I'm just, I'm looking over at Noah because I feel like we've all had the same kind of like beginning of the year, whatever we, we both were like, okay, like there was, there was a little bit like breakup town season stuff, but we were oh, both yes. like, okay, we're going to, we're going to heal a little bit, you know, therapy, et cetera, et cetera. And then. Yeah. My, my actual new year's experience was kind of disastrous. So I feel like I was taking same. like February, March to be like my spiritual New Year's. Like I was like primed and ready. I'm like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to meet new people. I'm going to like leave my comfort zone. I'm going to change my life. Like I had huge plans. 
And I feel like the the start point of when those new plans were start, were supposed to go into effect lined up very mm. immediately with the entire world shutting down <laughs> yeah. and being forced to be inside well, for a very long period of time. Truthfully, same. I was getting super excited to play my album live and get my live show together and, and start touring. And yeah, it's really like rerouted my whole vision for this year. And honestly, I mean... <sighs> It's crazy because I can't even imagine life not like this now. Like, it's so weird to try to think, like, where would I be if this wasn't happening? But, like, I truly can't even picture the world not being this way. You know, it's hard to fathom. And it's weird because I think of all the other people that were touring and touring um, production and people that just, like, can't do what they were doing on a daily basis now. And I feel grateful that, like, I hadn't gotten into that rhythm of touring yet because like I wasn't used to that. And like, it's still something I can look forward to. And I was used to being a studio rat and being inside all the time. So it's like that, like that I can still do that being said, like I do love collaborating with people in person and I really miss that. But the zoom thing's cool. I've actually made some like songs that I'm super excited about um, on FaceTime. And I I definitely like didn't really stop doing sessions. I, I stopped doing sessions as much as I was doing them. Um, but like I've continued creating and pushed through, you know, it's definitely different though. It's definitely different creating on zoom versus in person. It's kind of like a recalibration because it's like, it's almost like, you know, finding the people you are the most comfortable with, you know, full stop. Like, I feel like when you have a session with somebody that you don't necessarily vibe with being in the room gives you an opportunity to maybe, start a vibe or create a vibe. But like when you're doing the zoom thing, you don't have all of those tools at your disposal, Yeah, you know, to get a vibe going or whatever, you know, it's a different, it's a different way of kind of getting the energy across. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm not great at the zoom stuff. I've been really enjoying doing zoom podcasting because being on the phone is, is fun. You yeah, know? And, totally. and just, I don't have to think about like, you know, melodies or hearing like all this stuff over, but, um, but also, yeah, when, when this started, I, I feel like we were, we were doing a lot of sessions, almost to a detriment, you know, to the detriment of our own music. Right. And now- I was doing that as well. I was doing that as well. Definitely. And, and that's something that this has taught me, like, in a real way. Because it's like, that's a capitalistic mindset with, like, creativity. Right. And, like, now that capitalism is being destroyed from the roots, like, <laughs> I feel I can destroy it in my own structural, like, ways that I follow it. Like, thinking I need to work to be productive and... Yeah, it's changed the meaning of what productivity feels like and means to me. Um, because well, I'm- we've been talking about enjoyment insurance. Like we've been talking about like how, okay, you know, if you're making like all, all these songs, like how many of them do you enjoy? And like, we've been talking about what it means to like be able to listen to your own music and appreciate your own music and like make things that you're proud of. And it's so hard when you're doing, you know, seven sessions a week and like trying to get everybody's deadlines and like doing all that you know, yeah. rat race stuff, you know, which you're right, is is a fierce, it's, it's the capitalism of a hedge bet. You know, we are hedge betting. Totally. We didn't go to the same high school, but we went to neighboring high schools. Yes, um, and we, which is, we went to the same temple? Uh, my mom worked at the temple that you went to. Got I went it. to the one in White Plains. Got but it. Yeah, we're from, we're from, you know, we, we lived maybe five to 10 minutes away from each other, but we didn't meet until... Uh, LA. I, I'll never forget. I went to your mom for like for chiropractoring. What's the what's the <laughs> chiropractic? <verb of> that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I was I was getting I was getting a chiropractor. Uh, I was an getting adjustment. an adjustment. Yeah. yeah an adjustment, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> My brain like melted for a second. <laughs> uh, um, I was getting an adjustment from your mom, and yeah, she's like, so like, what do you like? You know, what do you plan on doing? Like, what 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 are your sort of goals? I'm like, yeah, I want to make music and you know, make songs. And she's like, oh, my, my daughter does that. You should check out her music. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I was maybe, maybe 16 or something. So, so you're, you're just in the, just in the beginnings of it. Wow. Um, but I, I, I was, I was, uh, I don't want to say I was a, a day one Molly Moore fan, but I was, I was, uh, Dang. I was day zero, you know, just, <laughs> that's crazy. We go way back. We go way back. Well, I, I remember being really inspired by the fact that you, did the move. Like you went from Westchester to LA. And I, I think the first time 
we met was at like you, you were playing like a Madame Siam show. And I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I, I like you. I looked up to the fact that you like escaped the hometown. I remember that show. Yeah, I remember that. That was yeah, that was crazy. And my mom was there. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that was a that was a good show. I think it was a good show. <laughs> it was before Madame Sam was Madame Sam. It was it, at first it was the dirty it was the laundry. Second room of dirty laundry. Second room, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's so w- funny. So what, what was, what was your, cause I know, I know what it was like growing up in the, in the suburbs, but what was it like for you? Did you, did you sneak into the city for the open mics? Did you play any of the shows oh, of around? Course. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, I want to say it was at the bitter end. Cause there was one show before oh, that. Nice. There was one show before that, that was like a sketchy restaurant, like pre-sale tickets <laughs> type vibe. But like, I don't really think that was my first show. Like, I don't think I played a single song in a actual BPM at that show. Like I was like <laughs> going from like slow song to like fast song, like within one song. And I had no idea that that was happening. I remember watching back the videos and my dad was like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta work on that. Um, but no, my first, I think my first full band show was at the bitter end. And That's awesome. I brought my whole acting class to come see me. And that was, <laughs> they were the only people that were there. And I was really excited. I mean, my mom was there. My dad was there. I think they brought a few of their patients. But yeah, I still have the videos. That was a pretty hysterical show. And then I did more in the city. Yeah, lots of premature shows, Bowery Electric, <laughs> Crash Mansion. Um, I would, we did, we did Bowery. Yeah. I was actually, before I moved to LA, I was going to go on a tour with like somebody that was really big on YouTube that I, that I liked a lot and it fell through and I was really disappointed. The booking agency that was like booking me on it. were like, yeah, we, we're not going to work with you. And I was so upset. Oh, and then yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to LA, like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to be traveling anyway. My friend was moving to LA and, and yeah, that was like a really big shift for me because that was, you know, I had to pay rent and I knew I like, there was no turning back. Like I really didn't want to rely on my parents. So I started working and, and trying to write for other artists because I felt like that would be a way for me to sustain my own independent career um and it was a really wild time (laughs) it was quite wild (laughs) it was interesting sort of seeing it you know like well you know as as a kid like i played the sidewalk cafe like i loved playing the sidewalk uh cafe but i was also seeing like all of these venues like turning into pay to plays and just the entire sort of pulse of the city dying so i by the time it was time to like make a decision of where I wanted to live. I'm like, New York isn't the New York that I idolized as, as a kid. I was seeing all these New Yorkers moving to, to LA and also becoming songwriters. I'm like, Oh, you can well, do that. That was the other thing is that every single, so my dad around like, I think probably 11 or 12. That was when I was like, I mean, I was always into pop music from like six or seven. I was just like obsessed <laughs> with pop music, but I think it was around that time that he was like, you know, there's like writers. And he probably told me actually from the get go, like as a kid, (laughs) I'm sure I was like seven. He was like, you know, there's writers writing these songs. Right. And by the time I was, I think like 11, 12, it was clicking and I would look songs up like because the Internet existed. So you could look up the lyrics to songs. You could like, you know, do all this weird stuff that I was at the forefront of, like all of it, (laughs) like just on the Internet doing weird shit. And um, I would look up my favorite songs and find out that like every single producer and writer was in LA. And I was like, I need to be in LA. Like if I want to work in pop music, which is what I just, I loved it. I, I was like, I have to go to LA and for acting too. I grew up, you know, auditioning and there is so much of an industry in New York, but it was always clear that if I wanted to pursue acting in a bigger way, I needed to go to LA too. So yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy because <laughs> well, there were a lot of music uh, friends that I had that were moving out to L.A. at the same time. And so it's interesting because I actually lost touch with a lot of those people and then like reconnected with them over the last few years. Mm. And so it's been really awesome as I've become like a not hermit again. Like I've started to run into people that I knew in New York and I've realized I have so many people that I know in L.A. from New York. It's, it's awesome. Um, but they're all just you know, hidden away now. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the first thing you're saying, I, you know, I, I feel like for every songwriter, there's that moment that clicks that songwriting exists, you know? And I think, I think you guys probably had a head start on me. Um, my, my, my father, you know, played music. I think our fathers actually played shows together. Oh, wow. Really? Um, That's crazy. I, I, my, my dad, uh, 
recalled like maybe a show or two at in like you know That's one awesome. of the bars. Uh, you know, my, my dad was such a, a you know Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, yes purist that you know he like i i never if i got into a band it was like the red hot chili peppers it'd be like bands that were like capital b Mm -hmm. bands and it wasn't until i was like 18 or 19 in college when like you know i was like oh songwriting there are people who just want to write songs or that's like a thing and and then i I had to like ad hoc get my pop education (laughs) together i I will i will never forget the moment in high school it was like the the come to jesus moment when i first discovered max martin on the internet (laughs) i was like wait this one guy worked on all of these number one songs like it was like my mind had been completely blown like wait a, a single person is capable of of doing that yeah i will say the other thing that really like struck me about watching you from the sidelines, which I know this sounds really weird. I was, a, you know, I was, a, you know. Not at all. Just, We're all stalkers. We all have social media accounts. We all <laughs> literally keep tabs on people we don't talk to that we actually know in real life. It's just like, it's all of us. We're all, it's like the new generation, you know? Well, so. well what in, what what kind of like, and you know, this is a story I, I, I pass around every once in a while. What, what essentially started Sleeping Lion was I accidentally ran into like a very, very, very early stage Halsey, who was like, look out for Spotify, keep an eye on that. Like, that's going to be something that is going to matter to a lot of people. It doesn't now, but it will. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, we should we should keep an eye on that. Maybe we could also start a band and try right. it out, you know, whatever. And the only other people that I saw that were taking it seriously was was you. Like, <laughs> I, like you know, because I would I would look through, you know, the playlist, whatever. And, you, you know, like you were one of the you were the early adopter. Um, Honestly, it, 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 we just got like really lucky. It was very organic. And I was just very I'm just a very pushy person. So I just like to just push to connect with people directly. Like and yeah, I think well, I, it was inspiring, if, like especially when we were starting out. It was like it was like, oh, like this person knows what's up. Like she knows like she knows what this industry is, you know, like you've always been really smart about this stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I've only ever been able to just hustle. I feel, you know, like I've just always had this immense drive and nobody else to drive the ship but me. (laughs) And so like, (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out like where to take it because there's, I've always had this like intense energy around like connecting with people and collaborating and being able to kind of figure things out somehow um, without having any major in or money or anything like that. I mean, you know, I've never had like money to invest in my project. I've only ever had the money that I've made from my music to reinvest. You know what I mean? And it's crazy how, um, how that alone can like inspire an artist, like to be able to support themselves from their art. Like, and even if you can't grow it to the extent that you want to right now, like to see that and to see your music connecting with people, it's just like, once I saw that at the beginning, because those were the first songs I released, it was just so inspiring. It was so, I I was so excited because I was just this person like that had this massive dream and nobody really else believed in it. I didn't think like, and I still really don't like I, when you (laughs) tell me that I'm like, really? Like it's hard to process like, because you, you sit alone and you're just like, I'm the only one that cares. And I'm the only one that believes in this and then you get like support like that and yeah it's very um validating for a young creator that's writing their own music and wants to you know like be involved in the production and stuff it's been um exciting (laughs) well and i i feel that in the reverse like i think you were really one of our first la friends and one of the first people to take us seriously and that you know that validation lights a kind of fire for sure i'll also say and I, i was talking to a friend of mind about it earlier, but there is a very unique and very specific chip on the shoulders of, of New York Jews. Like we, we ride <laughs> at, at an energy that, that, that can't be described, can only be documented. Uh, <laughs> you, you will know us by the trail we leave, you yeah. know, uh, the, uh, the, the, the waft of air as we're, as we're cruising through whatever. Well, listen next, now, you don't know? talk about my people that way, Nate. Okay. Hey, listen, you and I listen. are going to have a very big problem. All right. Oh, it's my, hey, it's my, it's it's my people too. It's 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 our people, you know. It's uh, it's where we come from, um, you know. It's uh, it's our it's our it's our birthright, you know. <laughs> totally, hundred. It's what it's what we it's what we earned, you know. It's um, what we earned from 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 our parents wielding guilt like a knife. Honestly, you know? honestly. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's uh, it was interesting, especially just sort of like 
you know, being a New Yorker out here, like, you know, kind of, kind of realizing the, the frequencies and, and, um, anxieties that, uh, kind of come with being, being, being an East coast, uh, you know, being an East coaster and being an East coast too. You know, I feel like there's, it's a specific, it's a specific, a very specific chip on your shoulder, you know? And I, I love that. I love that expression, not just because it reminds me of the incredible Legally Blonde song, but because the idea of like, oh, like we are scrappy and we have something to prove. Like, I love that shit. Totally. You know, who's going to drive the ship if not you, you know? You have a bunch of new songs that have been coming <laughs> out. Uh, what what has been driving the sort of emotional undertones of of that? Like where 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 has this new era of Molly Moore come from? Soul crushing heartbreak, <laughs> um, and grief, and uh, denying my truth to myself for a long time, uh, losing my own voice, finding it again. And wanting to make music that doesn't make me feel like any of that shit, but makes me feel like a boss bitch that doesn't need permission, basically. Hmm. Yeah. So it's been really strange, honestly, because this album is like a mix of like pure vulnerability and like confidence that nobody's ever really heard from me before. Um, So and they're both very real, honestly, like they're both things that I had to embrace to get through how broken I was. And yeah, honestly, I've never felt like I could write songs until I had my heart broken. Like I was writing songs, but I feel like I now know how to write songs in a different way. Like I like can embody them. Whereas before, I don't know, there was a disconnect for me in like seeing the vision of a full song through always. Like, you know, like not not like half-assing things or going in and just like trying to come up with something and like giving up if it didn't work out. Like now I just have like such strong things to say and emotions in so many of them that there's no, what do I write about today? Like there's no like, how do I write about it? It's like very <laughs> fucking clear every single time. The faucet's on. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I'm excited about that part of my process evolving in this. It sucked a lot of the time. Like a lot of this music that people are going to like love, like hopefully <laughs> if they love it or hate it, whatever. But like I was like, really damaged while I was making it. And like, I only wanted to be able to like listen back and transcend that feeling and feel like better about myself somehow. And I think I've done that because I feel better about myself and all I've done is make this album and listen to it. So like, (laughs) I think it worked like, yeah. Well, I I think uh, the purpose, you know, not to like, you know, come on and be like the purpose of songs, but I feel like you know, at its heart, the purpose of songs is to speak to something that the listener is experiencing. And, you know, sometimes that's, you know, uh, getting high and hanging out and, and feeling good about life and everything. And I, and, and I, I, you know, I, I love just, I, I love everything you've made, you know, and, but, but yeah, some of the, some of your earlier stuff was like, feel good. Like we're going to have, we're going to have a chill time, but I feel like there's something to be said about speaking to the people who are going through grief speaking to the people who are going through heartbreak and knowing that they're not alone in it. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, I love Denise stuff because it, it resonates with the, with the little broken parts of me, you know, totally. it resonates, it speaks to that. And I think, you know, the, the idea of, you know, once you've gone through something, what you gain is the ability to empathize with somebody else who's gone through it. Mm-hmm. So now, now you can speak to, you can speak to this piece of them yeah. and, and they, and I think that will always resonate. Yeah. I think that, that everything you're saying, you can feel it in the music, Thank you know? You. And then the other theme that it's really about is it, it's basically about trying to get over somebody when the internet exists. Right. right. Because how do you do that? I'll, I'll tell you when I figure that out. Yeah, Un- unfollow him. I guess <laughs> that's what everybody says. Like it's like the most simple thing, or like blocking. And it's like, bitch, I don't follow them. <laughs> like, bitch, if I block them, I got five ghost accounts that I could go on to fucking check right. that shit. Yeah, no, it's you have to like, sort of yeah. It's like you have to do the black mirror thing and block like, them in your brain. It's not the internet. It's my brain. <laughs> like it's me. Right. And right. And I actually. So it's crazy. I just stopped. Like I just found the ability to stop torturing myself all day, (laughs) every day, because I missed the person that I was with for five years so much that that was the only way that I could see them. And that as sad as pathetic and desperate as that sounds like that is 
the ultimate crux of my album, like just acknowledging that and admitting that. And then like all of the other parts of, you know, realizing that you maybe weren't the person you could have been in that relationship, even though they hurt you you hurt them too, <laughs> you know? Like, and I think that's probably the second album I'm going to make because this right. first album well, was you, very heavily focused on that hurt <laughs> that that person caused me. There wasn't as much self-reflection as I'm going through now, but I was very stuff, honest. You know? I was very honest and very raw about not being over it. And I think that was like the thing it, that was so important for me to embrace through the process was like every stage of that and not like, trying to resolve it in one song or trying to resolve it in every song, like being okay mm -hmm. with it not being resolved in my life and in the music, you know? And like, that's like something that it's taken me a while to get to because in pop music too, I feel like you always want to get to like a certain spot by the chorus or like hit songs. Like there's all these formulaic ideas in your head of how success is created, but like I kind of just forgot all of that shit. And I really didn't right. think about any of that. Like, and I truly just tried to make the best music that I would want to listen to that I felt like no, like I didn't hear from anybody, you know, like I felt like nobody was really making that music about that. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I was actually, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today who, who's going through a breakup and again, you know, ha having gone through some pretty shitty breakups, I, I, I think I have, you know, at least the pamphlet on like the, the sort of breakdown of step-by-step step. and, you know, she, she was upset, she was crying and I was just like, listen, like it sucks. <laughs> like, like I think I spent so much time trying to like find the shortcut to not having the, the pain of it, but like the faster you can get through the pain of it. It's like, you know, you know, you dislocate your shoulder and you, you reset the bone, like, or you got to clauterize the wound, which is, you know, literally adding fire to an injury. But the, you know, the idea being the more you can go through the pain of it, the more you can address the pain of it, yeah. the faster you get to the other side of it. Um, and we, we, we wrote a song at the beginning of the quarantine, sort of realizing that like getting over somebody is a memory loss process. It's the process of sort of slowly putting some time between and some space between and some some general memory loss between yeah. how you felt about somebody. Right. You and know? Yeah, and that is so true. So true. They say time heals all wounds. And I'm like, it does because with time you forget everything. <laughs> well, what's wild yeah. actually is there's a part of me... I completely agree with that. And I hear with, I hear what you're saying, but there's also a part of me that really needed to accept how great my relationship was at the beginning in order to like understand why I feel the way I do now. Like, right. and there was so much I wanted to blame it on or like say that like this was bad and that was bad and, and focus on those like negative memories to try to like not want to go back or prove to mm -hmm. myself that this was like the right decision. But <laughs> in like focusing on the positives and like <laughs> like all of the beautiful things that I take from that relationship every single day I I feel so much more at ease in myself knowing that's like it's such a great thing that I met this person that was expansive to me and we were able to grow together for a period of time and that like I still carry a lot of those things I learned from him in my daily life and like Honestly, as simple and elementary as it sounds, like it's been like massive for me because there was a lot of just like trying to twist my brain and deny things and like a lot of delusion and denial and like the acceptance of reality of like what's genuinely real. Because like, you you know, when you break up with somebody, you have all of your friends being like, he's terrible. And, you know, like, Unfortunately, like that's just like what most people know how to do. Like that's just the only way most people know how to provide support right. for somebody that's coping. But it's sort of like cancel culture in a way. And I'm just like not about any of it, unfortunately. And like, yeah, I think the, the truth is always more nuanced than than your friends ever get to see. It's never like, clean. Yeah. When, and when you're in a relationship with someone, you get to know them better than you know, sometimes then all, all the other people in your life. Yeah. You know why like, they were like that. Yeah, you know why they're like that. Yeah. You know every inch inch of the thing. And it's like you you never get to explain the totality of it. Yeah, and when you are life. explaining or if you're heated in explaining, it's usually because there's something negative going on. And so that's the yeah, other exactly. end of thing is that things is that like your friends get a lot of the like short end. The yeah, the like back, just the like the shitty stuff. And so yeah, it's just been a lot of like, you know, navigating that because I've had such great friends that have helped me through this. I mean, like Maddie, my best friend who is on Handsomer, right. she's been like just the 
biggest help in my life. I mean, she's like saved my fucking life (laughs) (laughs) and empowered me to believe in myself and my music and like not feel like I need somebody else. And I mean, that's, that that comes through in the song that I think that comes through in, in totally in the song that you guys did together. How, How did, how did you two meet? We met at BB Rex's event um, oh, during wow. Grammy week two years ago or like two and a half years ago. I, I think I saw photos from that. I thought it, was, it was It, awesome. it was like, a, like a, women's, a women's event, yeah, right? Yeah, she did it last uh, or this past year too, actually. I met so many incredible women at this event. And Maddie and I actually never hung out until about like seven months later. We did a session and we were just like bonded from that day on. Like... <laughs> I had a lot going on in my life. A lot was kind of unfolding for me at that point. And she was just there. And she was like, if you need a place to crash, like, I know you're sleeping on your friend's couch right now. If you want to sleep in a bed, like, I actually ended up sleeping on her couch for like seven (laughs) months before we moved into this house, which is crazy because I never thought I would be that person or do that. But it taught me so much. It really did. And I think everybody should go through a period where they live on their friend's couch for no, about listen. six to eight months because <laughs> it's very humbling. You don't need your stuff, kid. You don't need none of that shit that you think you need. It's true. Like, and it's made me realize, like, I really don't need stuff. Like, I am a full human without anything, like, you know, and it's great to have things. It's amazing to have things. It makes me have value and like, it feels so thankful to have a beautiful place to wake up and lay my head and like to have my mattress, you know, <laughs> out of a storage unit. We, we, uh, um, we, we are couch hosters for anybody listening. If you ever need a couch, we are couch <laughs> hosters. You, uh, we, we have, I think, uh, amassed between various friends, uh, you know, a good year of couch, couch C- living. Couch credit. Yeah. Couch yeah. credit, you know? uh, which, uh, you know, I, I hope it never happens, but I hope that, you know, if, if the chips ever fall this way that we can cash them in for uh, for a couch, you know, here and there and everywhere. Totally. Totally. You know, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, right. I, there's, there's something, I think there's something about realizing what's important, similar to what, you know, what has come from the quarantine, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, and it's amazing that you, that, that you guys have, have sort of, have created this bond, you know, like, especially in LA, I, I mean, I'm lucky, you know, that, that no one I moved out here together, but yeah. ha- having somebody who just like has your number, who like knows what's up, that's huge. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I never, I've never really bonded with another artist like that and or another female artist I guess and it's just been everything to me I I I, that's all I'll say like I just I I feel so lucky to have a friendship like that and I've made other like really strong female friendships over the last year and and male friendships all (laughs) all genders welcome like I just think like friendship in general was something that like being in a relationship for so long I really really lost sight of and like I had a lot of acquaintances and a lot of lost friendships but like none that were really active for a long time and i just feel like a whole person again you know like having friends <laughs> well no I, listen, I feel that I, I i joke around you know that the two most important things to me are friendship and making good shit you know yeah. like i and 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 to that you know to that like hey you know you got you got some friends here if you ever need them you know Likewise, um, likewise, that. y'all are the homies. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing is like, if all of this were to like go to shit tomorrow, like if, you know, if this music thing was weird, I like, and somebody would ask me, what are you, what, what was the best part of this time for you? You know, I don't think I would say the songs. I don't think I'd say shows. I wouldn't, don't even, you know, not even like, you know, the, the, the occasional big artists you run into. I think it was just the friends that we got to make cool stuff with, you know, the friends that we got to like, you know, get to know. Whether it's yeah. through the podcast or through sessions, so um, for sure, I, I definitely vibe and resonate with that. I also I love Handsomer. Like I I've been telling you, like I I've just been like bumping that. I wake up with it in my head. It's a great really? song. Yeah, I mean the hook is crazy. It's a good hook. I don't need a man, no. I just need a manicure. It's a good hook. You was kind of handsome, but I am much handsomer. Oh it's God, that so makes good. So happy. And y'all are so cool in it. Like what? <laughs> Yo, like, we we made the funniest music video. We made a real video that's <laughs> like on another level. Like Maddie and I, Maddie mainly came up with this idea and we fleshed out the like the 
details because originally we had an idea that we wanted to shoot in a nail salon, but we couldn't do it because of COVID. So we were like, let's find a concept we can shoot at our house. And so we got to the crux of the meaning of the song and and Maddie just spouted out this concept. We were like a little bit stoned, a little bit drunk in the backyard. <laughs> and she was like, okay, this is about empowerment. So they're going to be like some girls and they're like whining about how these guys are not texting them back. And then we are going to rush in in our pink superhero costumes <laughs> and we are going to press a fucking button and empower these bitches. And so <laughs> straight up, we made a video like uh, that. You should just go watch it. And th- it. There are laser beams that shoot out of multiple women's vaginas. Oh my God. That's all I'm going to say. Amazing. That's all I'm going to say. There are laser beams involved. They might be rainbows. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I mean, you guys are amazing. Like I, I was, you know, I, I was saying the song is weird and good at the same time. Like I know people who can do weird and I know people who can do good. <laughs> I have never, you know, it, it. it's very hard to find somebody who can be weird and good at the same time and just have it just slap and be funny, but also like have a very serious heart to it. Like I get it, you know, I yeah. feel it, you know, like, like <laughs> I, I've never had a man or a manicure, uh, but, <laughs> but it seems like one definitely trumps the other. You know? <laughs> uh, if this video is any, any advertisement for it. Um, Dead. That's so funny. How, um, how did this, how did it come to be? Was there a line that kind of opened it up for you guys or are you just having fun? You know, say, wait, did it come ar- around with the same level of, of, you know, high insight as, uh, <laughs> as the video? Honestly, the process was kind of wild. Like, I originally wrote it with um, this artist, Flavia, and oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the producer, Rob Resnick, um, oh, from, ta- from Time yeah, Flies. Yeah, yeah, And so we had the session, and she played some music that she'd been working on. I played this song that I had made called I Do that's also on my album. And that was the first song where I was experimenting with that type of voice, because I've been experimenting with, like, different singing voices, I feel, my whole life. But that was, like, the first song where I kind of, tapped into this new character and I was like I wonder if I could do this again it's so much fun it makes me feel so like happy and like fuck you but like happy like and (laughs) so we were like yeah let's make some crazy shit like that and I had my first set of acrylics on actually like I'd never gotten tips before so like I felt (laughs) like I felt like extra feminine like I always see these girls with these crazy claws I never had the claws I was like let me get some claws you know like (laughs) it was a total fluke experience where like I was going to get my normal manicure that I always get and then the woman was like do you want like extra you don't have a lot and like she was like (laughs) judging me for how short my nails were and I was like you know what fine I'm in West Hollywood like fuck it yeah let me get some fake nails for the first time I think I was also I was doing a shoot so I wanted it to look like extra cool you know right right This is like really random, but like I have like weird things where I'll like pick at my lips with my fingernails or like even like my head, I'll like scratch at my head and these nails like stopped me from doing it. And I realized I had like broken a habit that I'd done like my whole life from like just getting fake nails. And it (laughs) uh, like the sessions I was doing were actually getting better because all of my energy was going to the writing and I wasn't like doing all these like nervous tick habits that I like normally do. And so like I think I was talking to them about that, like, (laughs) and, or maybe this just happened once the line (laughs) came up. I don't remember, but like, that's how I related to it. Anyway, so we wrote like the, the verse first, I think. Actually, you know what? We wrote the, the pre-first. We wrote the pre-first. You get no second chance. I'm on men and you'll ever be where to dress in the pants. You can't fuck with my energy. You should cancel your plans. Get your ass in the therapy. Now you're dead to me. And then Rez actually had the whole hook. Rez had it. He was Yo. like, I have this one liner. He was like, I've been waiting to do it. It's like, I don't need a man. No, I just need a manicure. And I was like, what? I was like, that is. And then, and then, you know, like I, I like had to like, you know, burp it or whatever I do. <laughs> like, like I just wanted to like growl it and make it like weird and whispery. But um, yeah, like Rez is flames with with the writing and producing. He produced that track and he was a big hand in writing it. And the verse was just like, I was so like tired of being confused why uh, <laughs> my ex was checking my story if he's like in any relationship, which, you know, like also just drove me to check his more, which is really funny. You'll hear about that on other songs on the album. But that's yeah, a cycle. like <laughs> that's yeah, that's like basically 
what it's about. Like, it's just like, like it was like me not dating. Like I haven't dated for a year. Like I, I've been single and I have not dated anybody. And I felt all this pressure because like, you know, he was like, he'd been with all these like uh, new people and like was starting a new relationship. And I just felt like I have to do that. Like, because I am not over this. And so like, I'm being tortured by this. So like, I must have to like date somebody. And then like, I realized I can't do that. Like I literally couldn't do it. Like there was no part of me that was like ever gonna, not ever, but like there was no part of me at that time that was emotionally available in any way to like hang out with somebody like that. So yeah, I just wanted to make music that was like, fuck it. I don't need to date. Like I do not need a fucking boyfriend. I don't need a dude. Like, I don't know why everybody's so hype on like trying to just like pair up yo like fuck this <laughs> shit like i'm heartbroken as fuck like i can't do it and so that's what handsome was about. I, I mean i i love that I, I i'll never forget like right right after this breakup and i think just you know my thesis and what i'm about to say is we should definitely normalize quote unquote uneven breakups or whatever like i feel like whenever a breakup happens if one person moves on faster than the other or whatever like there's this feeling of like oh i have to catch up or like some yeah. shit but without taking into account like you know how you're doing personally like your own mental health like whether or not you even want like whatever and i remember like after my breakup like towards the end of last year I, I felt this extreme pressure to go out, like to yeah. you know, go out and meet people and like all that stuff. And I, I explained this to, to my therapist. And So that's and, when we kept running into each other last year because we were both doing that exact same thing. Right, right. You know, like I was, I was just out, I was out, you know, and I, I explained it to my therapist how, how I, like I couldn't even necessarily, like it, it was, it was a waste of time because I, I didn't want to be there and yeah. it showed, it like really yeah. showed. And she's right. like, why are you, she, she you know, she, of course she makes a music metaphor. She's like, why are you going to concerts you don't want to see? I'm like, yo. Because <laughs> I was, A, going to concerts I don't want to see to meet yeah. people that I don't want to be with. Like, she was being yeah. metaphoric, but it was literal, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, that I, I, I that definitely resonates. And then to Rez's production, I love just the vocal double in the second chorus. I don't need a man, no. I just need a manicure. Like the 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 chromatic semi atonal like it like distorted it's so cool. It's <laughs> you mean so the cool. harmony? The harmony, yeah. That's well, that was Maddie actually. Maddie that's, that in. it's so it's just it was, a, um, it was a cool production. Yeah, so I, I meant to tell you she like ended up rewriting the second verse when she jumped on it. So once we, the song was done, I was like, yo, this is such a Maddie noise vibe. I feel like like I right. like like I have to get her on it. Like and <laughs> when she heard it, she was like, hell yeah. So we like rewrote the second verse and she killed it. She added those like crazy harmony and um, this post-chorus and yeah it was a really cool process like we actually that's the only time we've collaborated for my project which is crazy because we've written so many songs like I have like three co-writes that I wrote with her for her album and we write all the time but that's for some reason the only one that's come out for my project so it's funny actually I think the first time I, I heard about Maddie was because there were um, posters of hers hanging up in, in my neighborhood Oh no way! Yeah, I was like, she she looks really cool. That's a cool album cover, and and then I looked at the credits, and I'm like, oh, I know her. I know Molly. You know, that's so funny. <laughs> no, but yeah, you know, uh, to to that to that pressure too. I feel like you know, Corona now that nobody can really like safely you know go out and date it takes the pressure out of but here's the, the here, here's the thing like my my ex found someone in the quarantine so i'm still very much like should like i still have that thing <laughs> I, I still am entirely smack in the middle of that feeling of just like god damn it like she did it like now i have to like i have to catch up like i have yeah. to like also normalize, find normalize uneven dating also find someone in the yeah. quarantine and i'm like then there's a part of me that's like that's stupid like chill the fuck out like enjoy this time enjoy this open time when you don't yeah. have to date anyone when like you can barely date anyone to begin with no Dude. get a manicure get a fucking manicure honestly, I, I, honestly that sounds great my, my nails are kind of a mess the right manicure now. line it's all just about like self-love you know like it's yeah. just a metaphor for like just like loving on yourself harder than you love on someone else because to be honest i never did that until this year like, I've never, ever done that in my entire life, like, <laughs> until now. I mean, people don't realize it, it is the the small things. Like, I, I think what was really interesting is post-breakup, uh, I took, like, my skincare more seriously. I had, like, a really dry, flaky skin that I, like, on my face that I, I, that I was really... 
Oh, okay. You tell. He can join. He can be the guest on the on the on the podcast. There. You have a microphone. It's very loud when you do that. No, I was really self-conscious of it. I'm like, okay, what, like, like not for anybody, but just for myself. I could feel better if I just like, right. you know, fucking learn how moisturizer works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's huge. Um, Amen. Moisturizer, yo. Yeah. Fucking secrets of life. Secrets of life. <laughs> Moisturize, hydrate your face, hydrate your body and, and, and get a good night's hydrate sleep. Hydrate your life. <laughs> Are you ready for the question round? Yeah, let's go. All right. First question of the question round. What is your phone background? Oh, my gosh. My phone background is like this, like, really, really sexy picture of me in that pink suit for Handsomer because I wanted to to keep myself like real revved up getting ready for the release. I was like, this is coming out. And then every time I look at it, it kind of just reminds me like, okay, like this is where my focus is at. Like, it's Handsomer time. But Usually my phone background is my mom. Like I'm gonna Aww, be honest. Really like sweet. generally it's a picture of me and my mom. Uh but lately it's a very sexy picture of me in a pink suit. <laughs> That's great. Love to love to see it. I love that. Uh <laughs> it's your it's your superhero. It's your alter yeah, you know, exactly. alter ego. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, a daily reminder of the the badassery within. <laughs> how how much handsomer I am. Ooh, there yes, we are. Yes, there there it is. Uh do you have a non-musical hobby? Yes, I have lots of non-musical hobbies, right, Molly? We do things outside of music. <laughs> um, I love animals. I love animals. I just love dogs, cats, all of them. I love them. I, that's a hobby, right? Hanging out with dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that, that works. Do we hear um, Bear the dog earlier? Is that his name, Bear? I call him Bear, but his real name is Atlas. Um, Ooh, that's he's a great Maddie's name. dog, yeah. I love that. I'm actually really... This is sort of music related, but I'm getting into creative direction. Um, for mm. I've been doing it for myself for my whole life, but um, I'm trying to start doing it for other artists. So it's such a big part of everybody's lives. And I just love being weird and creative. And I feel like I have more to offer than just doing it for myself. You know, that's great. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Sort of semi related. Are there any skills that you uh, would like to have? Anything, you know, any, oh, anything? Yes. Oh, yes. I am. Going to be a bass player by the end of 2020. Ooh. Mark my words. Okay, okay. Get it. I am Make going it. to be playing some fire ass bass lines. They might be really simple, but they're going to be fire. Some of the best bass lines are really simple. I think that's yeah, like part of the part know? of the, the charm of the bass is like finding unique ways of being simple. Totally. And I really would like to learn how to cook because I'm oh, not same. a very good cook. I'm, I I have a good instincts in cooking and I'm an excellent baker. So I know there's a lot of potential for me. Right. So I would like to look into that. I'm trying to find the difference between things that I'm uncomfortable doing and things that I'm actually just bad at. You know, there's a, it's a fine line. I think cooking, cooking is somewhere between those two, I think. For yeah. Me. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, lack of confidence that goes into not wanting to try things because you like weren't immediately good off the bat but how did you ever get good at anything by doing it over and over again and finally doing it right one time being like (laughs) oh shit that feels awesome right Well, we, yeah. had the, we had the luxury of being terrible when we were children, which is a, a time when everybody's terrible. Like, you can't even tie your shoes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, or, like, properly use the bathroom and, you know, or drive a car, you know. And so, you you know, you're bad at the thing you're supposed to do with your life early. But now I'm so <laughs> self-conscious of being bad at, like, <laughs> anything. Yeah, fuck it. Break it. Because there's so much potential. I feel like that's the main thing I've learned this year is to just shift my perspective. Like whenever I'm upset about something, I'm like, what can I learn from this? And then Mm. whenever I'm scared of something, I'm like, how can I get better at doing this thing that I don't like to do often? Or maybe that I haven't liked to do in the past. Like I try to reframe it in my brain because I'm sick of not liking things. Like I don't want to go through life, not liking things. There's no reason to. And so like, I feel like it's all about the way you look at it. And like, That's something that's honestly helped me a lot. Like it's helped me break through my own insecurities. I have like a lot of perfection complexes. I don't want to like share things with people unless I feel like they're the best they can be. And that takes a lot of the rawness and realness away from things. And so like there's a really fine balance in that. And and knowing when you're doing something to do it properly and correctly and knowing when you're just like going the extra mile for no reason at all, you know, like. 
And yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, I have to super, super vibe with that. Like, I think on top of it, if you are nervous about how somebody's going to perceive something, that's kind of like a sacred thing because it means you care about it. And when you think about all these, you know, especially in 2020, all the things that, that you struggle to care about are all these things that are hard to care about, you know, or, or, you know, feeling anything at all ever sometimes, you know, having something that makes you legitimately nervous because you care about it. That's, um... That's some magical stuff, even if it's uncomfortable, you know? Totally. It's so true. And a lot of times that's where, like, the areas of the most growth can happen for you if you're, like, willing to face them. And that's, yeah. like, the thing I'm kind of just in the middle of now. <laughs> hey, so, to what we were saying about before, like, there's no shortcuts. You just got to go through it. You got to go through the, the sucky part. You got to go through the, the shit of it. Absolutely. So, I guess uh, speaking of going through the the, the yeah the speaking of going, going going through uh, the, the 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 choppy waters right uh, important question would you be a pirate would I be a pirate in like pirate times I that's how I reply to reply with <laughs> I I <laughs> um dead um <laughs> so like are my options like pirate or something else or it's just like no or yes to pirate. I guess it's like if you were living in the prime time to be a pirate. Would you enjoy it? Would you indulge in the life of, of swashbuckling and, and crime and adventure? Or would you? Maybe crime. No, being a pirate, that- you are a criminal. You are, you are, it's like being in the mob. You're entering into a world of criminals. That's not a negotiable okay, yeah, yeah, part but, of but it. We're stealing from, you know, slave <laughs> traders and, and, and not good people. We're stealing from. If you, I guess, but like you're, you're still with you can, you can choose you to can, steal you, from bad people. Yeah, exactly. We're, but you're, yeah. they're also like law abiding people who are just we, doing we their job. We are clearly on opposite sides of this debate. <laughs> I have been for the duration never of this show. Knew, I never knew anything about pirates, clearly. So pirates, pirates commit crimes against bad people pirates committed crimes no, pirates against are, everything yeah pirate pirates are just uh, you know criminals of the high seas like robbing you know imperial right. ships and but, uh, you know right. they were imperial you know imperialism you know we should steal from as a general honestly, rule honestly i don't know how i would have felt back in those times how evolved my brain would have been but now thinking about it that sounds like a life that i would like to live i, I would see like it. i would like to be a part of the uprising. Yeah. And so I think I'm a modern day pirate, honestly. Yeah, I'm with it. I was gonna say your your suit and handsomer, like, you know, you add a <laughs> add an eye patch and like a parrot, and like that could be your dude. <laughs> that could be your pirate dude, outfit. That's a really, really good idea. Like theming the handsomer outfit to like different like like pirate and like Maybe I, listen. I, I maybe I totally, we do the prosthetic older face. You know, yo, that was, just, just, yeah, just like be, being like an, like an old. Like badass, I'm 95. Like, yeah. no, that'd be so cool. I'm down for a, I'm down for a handsomer pirate. <laughs> I love uh, it. That's great, Captain Handsome. Right? <laughs> Captain so Handsome. Good. So good. So good. Yo, my Halloween costume all the way. Yo, that'd be sick. I love that. Do you have any tattoos? If so, what was your first one? I don't really have any tattoos um i do have a dot of ink on my left wrist <laughs> that my friend convinced me and four other friends to get um she called it friendship freckles but we huh. like had it done before we googled the term found out later it's not a thing but um, <laughs> we all paid for something else or is it each it's literally just a it's a freckle like it's, oh, a, gotcha. it's a literal did she make up the term friendship freckles? yes she totally like fooled us all <laughs> that's great though can you see it uh, no, which I think is part of it. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to. It's the tiniest freckle ever. I can't believe I can still see it. And we all paid forty dollars on Whoa. the Jersey Shore each. Forty dollars <laughs> each because we needed new needles for this tiny dot. We were such like that artist just made a killing that day. That yeah. was a, dude. As, we easy, were, like, easy work. Prime example of privilege. Just prime example <laughs> could you could you imagine if like we had the the songwriting equivalent of a friendship freckle you know like you walk in you're it's like one word and you then you leave and you get oh the full gosh. rate you know like you get the full like you know 33 percent or whatever yeah, on like, the thing. A- yeah like yeah actually um my day rate is uh 5k and all <laughs> i do is i come in i smoke a blunt and i say molly 
Yo, <laughs> Molly, I think you actually have uh, you have a, a business plan in, in like you know I'm gonna save this little piece of audio. That's a business there, plan right there. There might be a whole world within that. Yeah, I think yet. you got I think you got something good right now. I think something you're on this really something. good. <laughs> I think you just created the friendship freckle of songwriting. <laughs> so that's funny. great. Um, Molly on the track. Molly, Molly. <laughs> what was the first concert you ever attended? Britney Spears. Nice, 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 nice. At Jones Beach, I was five. That's that's a really good one. Do you think that influenced you on some kind of subconscious level? How could it not? Right. Wait, <laughs> wait your first your first concert was at Jones Beach. My first concert was at Jones Beach. Really? Who? I saw I saw Yes, which is oh crazy. Which I say also set in, in motion whatever the fuck happened in my that's life. That's crazy. In a in a very wow. different in a different very different way. Yeah, honestly, like I needed binoculars to see her. My friend Social was with me. I'll never forget. I was so excited, but I couldn't really see anything that was happening. Like we could <laughs> like barely hear it too. Like it's crazy how like being that far back in a outdoor arena. I'm sure it was great, but like I was five. You know, my memories aren't that sharp. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have a joke for you. Ready? Uh, what did the person say after they accidentally stumbled into their second Britney Spears concert? What? Oops, I did it again. Oh my God. Dead. Yo, that was me at seven in Madison Square Garden. Straight hey. up. I went with another friend and her dad and we had way better seats that time. And all I remember was like looking to the sides of the stage thinking that any anyone wearing pink was Britney and that they were like walking and that I would be able Whoa. to see Britney because I was that young and naive that I was like, she's going to be like, backstage and I can probably see backstage from here, right? Like I had no idea how life worked at all. Like at this point in time, I was like chatting on AOL to like Britney manager 963, oh, like no. thinking that I was talking to Britney Spears in the studio, like with her manager straight up. Like, I mean, I, but I appreciate the gumption. Yeah, like, I, you know, I feel like you were, you were making moves. I was Mind out you, you here. Were, you were aiming in the wrong direction, but okay, you were networking. I was seven, you know? but I had something to offer. I was like, listen, I sing. I write, sign <laughs> me up, throw me in. It's like, what's up? What's up? I, I think, I think one of the things that really struck me when your mom like showed me your stuff was that like you had a Facebook page or something like you were one of the first people I'd seen who like did the artist profile somewhere I'm like that's real cool I'm like I'm like she's she's all she's all set you know like all of this moral of the story is that I've spent my entire life online <laughs> well I'll say on on the flip side like my, my my first Madison Square Garden concert was Lincoln Park dude what <laughs> that is so tight <laughs> it was Cody and Cambria and Lincoln Park and I feel like that again set a, set a certain trajectory that I, I lost so I lost the thread of somewhere down the line. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I'm jealous, honestly. <laughs> it was uh, a great show, I'm not gonna lie. It was <laughs> awesome. Do you have a scar with a story? Oh yeah, yeah, I got scars. I got scars for days, but I mean. Give it, give us got, the highlight, give us, give us the best one. This this is definitely the best one because it had to be so. On your nose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dog bit me when Ooh. he was sick. He was sick like on the couch and I thought he was like, gonna die I was so sad and so I was like petting him before school I was 18 I was about to leave and he launched at my face and I just remember being like oh, oh no like <laughs> blood was just gushing and it was just like crazy I actually ended up going to my cousin in New Jersey he's like a plastic surgeon and he sewed my nose up and I'm like laying there and he's like I'm just gonna like flatten out your uh bridge a little bit I'm like what I'm like <laughs> You're kidding, right? Like, and he was like the type of dude that like he would just make a joke like that. So I literally to this day don't know if he was joking or not. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he fucked with my nose or not. I don't think he did because my nose doesn't look any different to me. But who knows, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the mystery of the, the mystery yeah, of my life. I, I, I like to think like I don't I don't you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in 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 a lot of stuff. But I like to think that that at the end of your life, you ask all the questions you had and you're like, you know, you're like, OK, I, I got one thing I got to ask. Like, did you fuck with my nose? <laughs> 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 like I need to know <laughs> it's like you don't want to know the meaning of life or like why you're no. on earth no I want to no. know what the fuck's up listen, with my nose listen god yeah. listen god is this my nose is this my nose <laughs> do, do you like I want to ask what was in the, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction you think you think that's up for grabs yeah, so, it was a, so it was funny guffin, that you mentioned that because that's actually part of what the music video is like spoofing on oh, is that's the briefcase awesome. in Pulp Fiction right that's awesome <laughs> I love that 
so funny. You know, I know that uh, Tarantino was a Hitchcock fan and Hitchcock like coined the term MacGuffin. So I just, you know, everybody's like, what's in the box? And I'm just like, it's a no, MacGuffin. I know, I know yeah. it's a MacGuffin. Yeah. I know it's a storytelling yeah, yeah, device. Yeah. I know it's, a, but like. What's in the box? If, if we're talking afterlife, like I oh, don't yeah. care about the world anymore. I want I want a, a solid answer. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's that fair. would give me peace and in, in, in perpetuity. I feel like we'd also just kidnap Tarantino and be like, but let's do like let's let's I don't dance. even think he knows. This is this is this is a question for higher powers. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um uh, uh, Molly, what are three thoughts you have at this moment? I am so grateful that you guys had me on for this podcast. It's so Likewise. lovely to see your beautiful shining faces. I am extremely hungry and I need to eat and feed myself more than I currently do. And also, I love my mom. Aw. That's really sweet. <laughs> I love that. I love your mom too. She's great. She's yeah. she, she's she's just she's yeah, she's just uh yeah. she's very sharp. I, I that's that's she is. If, if there's if there's a word that she's just very quick witted, which I really appreciate. She is, and she loves that word, sharp. That's mm. one of my mom's favorite words. Hmm. I mean, you you really hit the nail on the head with uh, that one. I, I, well, I, I imagine that's why it's her favorite words because because I think it she encapsulates is very sharp her herself, very well. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, she she I think she presents it very well. You know, <laughs> that's her that's her truth. You know, that's, that's true. What are you most proud of? That's such a massive question. Wow. Yeah, um, we really, really. Yeah, we we go, we go, we 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 do the light. We, we, do, do, we do the we light. Like, ones will you, being hit heavy at yeah, the end? Yeah, it's like, will you be a pirate? And also, what is what is also the, like? <laughs> do you have any purpose in your life at all? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I am most proud of my ability to feel really intense, deep emotions, and then get past them. <laughs> Yo, I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, that's, like, a good, that's, a, that's an objectively both, good answer. They're yeah. both important parts of life. We can't stop feeling. And we also can't feel all of the time as much as we do, you know? So yeah, I think just being able to transcend and get through and find a way to stay inspired and just see the the good in situations i think i appreciate that a yeah, lot i really, uh, I really appreciate really that what's important to you my mom uh, love it. <laughs> my sister <laughs> um real conversations like this i think it's part of my purpose i want to help stop world hunger because it's an issue of uneven distribution of food. It's not an issue of not having enough food for everybody to eat. I want to be a part of abolishing that because I think it's such a outdated concept and I have no idea really how I'm going to be involved. There's a company um, that I've tried to get involved with for a long time that I'm in communication with called Copia that it's not a nonprofit actually. It's a for-profit company that essentially uh, has people drive excess food to people in need. Um, and um. yeah, that's important to me. Atlas, this is such not a good place for you. <laughs> Atlas, honestly, what are you doing? Back up. I'm sorry, but like you've got to chill. Um, well, shout out Copia. I mean, you know, I think, I yeah. think uh, you know, the more that we can use this platform for good, similarly to what you were saying about, about purpose, like I feel like these conversations, you know, I... I'm very lucky that I I've been able to have these with with our friends. I, I feel like the privilege of being able to open up to people and have them open up back was one of the reasons we started this podcast. You know, was so that we could have these real conversations with our friends, so people know what it's like to be in all of this shit. Yeah, you know, it's like to totally. really feel stuff, to, to what it means to feel stuff and move on. And yeah. but then then for people to you know also hear these little time capsules we leave leave behind of of where we were at, at, at those, at those moments, you know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And the last question is, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to applying everything I've learned in my life into every moment and, Hell yeah. and not just talking about things, but living them. I'm looking forward to touring for the first time as a solo artist. I'm looking forward to just giving more of myself. I'm looking forward to acting again. I'm looking forward to 
just finding more ways to connect with people and help people through their shit by showing mm-hmm. them how I've gotten through mine. <laughs> I, I mean, that's perfect. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, f- I feel like you, you, you've summed up how I feel about this year and about all this stuff as well. So, you know, Hey, Molly Moore, we, we, we laughed, we cried. We asked God a couple Honestly. questions about our noses. You know, we, 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 <laughs> we did it all today. And I, I became just, a pirate, you became right. a pirate, you know, uh, Noah kidnapped Tarantino and then realized that he doesn't know anything. <laughs> Atlas became a pirate too. We saw Atlas, the dog, the most adorable dog. Mm. Mm. Aw, hi. His face. He's such oh a cutie. Got a great face. That was a, that He's was a great such dog. A handsome boy. I'm not. I'm not ready in my life to have a dog, but I can't wait for the time when I am. I know. I know. I'll be an uh, a, a more when I'm a more distinguished. Oh, you're gonna be such a good dog dad, Nate. Yeah, just I'm not there. I'm. I'm still a dog boy. You know, and I, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta then become a dog man and then a dog dad. But until that day, until I can be a, a dog dad, uh, I'll just be. I'll just be a, a song. A songwriter. A songwriter kid. And uh, and keep keep looking up to the great songs that you write. So Molly, thank you so much Aww. for being being on today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me. This was so much fun. And um, let's make some more music sometime. I don't need a man, no. I just need a man We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.